Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. So I want to talk a little bit today, uh, if you want to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Excuse me. Um, we introduced a, th- a thought recently about holy ground. And whenever you think about that word holy, uh, w- when I think of that word holy, it seems like one of those words that are kind of like unattainable, you know, naturally speaking. And that's true. But spiritually speaking, God declares us holy. God declares us peculiar. God declares us, um, in 1 Peter 2.9, he declares us chosen. Think about that. He chose us. So when you think about that word, uh, he calls us royal. Imagine that, royal. Uh, He calls us people of his possession, So when you think of that word holy, this is a work of the Spirit. So when you read 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, it puts into context uh, what's being referred here is also in Leviticus, what the word holiness really is. So 1 Peter 1 says this, "But uh, But as he which hath called you is holy... So be ye holy in all manner of conversation, <clears throat> because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. <clears throat> Excuse me. So be ye holy. That, that, those words strike me and strike you, I'm sure, because when we think about God, we think about how holy he is. Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, right? In Isaiah chapter 1. So, or Isaiah chapter 6, excuse me. So when you think about, when you think about holiness, there's a real uh, secret to the Christian life um, that really helps us understand um, the importance of being consecrated, or the word really means to be set apart unto God. So here the writer is saying, Peter, be, God is holy, so be set apart unto that holiness. Uh, be defined or have that distinction of holiness. Uh, have this sacredness uh, dominate your life. So think about this by way of illustration. Holiness, we could say, is to be set apart unto God. I, I remember I was thinking of my mother recently, and and um, I when I was a teenager, I remember her setting aside dimes. Every dime, that's back when we were in a cashless, when we were in a cash society. Now it's a cashless society, but back when there were coins, every dime that came into my mom's possession, she would set aside for my brother in the Ukraine. So we grew up with every dime, was went into a jar, and she saved hundreds of dollars by setting apart dimes for missions, okay? You know, I, I tried to get in on that. I said, Mom, why don't you set aside quarters for me? <laughs> I, my video games, no. No, uh, that didn't work. So uh, dimes were, had a designated destination. They were set apart. 
And I remember when my brother, uh, this is when I was a teenager, I remember him coming home, and my mom would have literally hundreds of dollars in dimes from the whole year. And we couldn't spend a dime because those were, those were my brother's dimes. So I, 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 was a, I, was a, I was 14. I had my own paper route and uh, 120 customers. So it was, it was brutal. Uh, but any dime that I, that I um, received, my mother either would buy them from me <laughs> or I would surrender them. So that's typically how it went. I gave up the dimes for my brother, which is fine. Um, so, have, so that's the point there, that God says, you are chosen, you are royal, you are my possession, 1 Peter 2.9. You are set apart for my glory. And when we understand holiness, we understand what it means not to sin. We understand what it means not to be set apart unto people. We understand what it means not to be a victim or manipulated by someone's flesh. Why? Because we're not set apart unto another person's idea or another person's expectation, but we're set apart. We're yielded, consecrated, devoted, dedicated to Christ. And this is really a work of the Spirit. It really is a work of the Spirit. And this is what, in Isaiah 118, we see that it's a work and uh, fruit of the blood of Christ applied in our life. When Christ shed his blood on us, or shed his blood on the cross, that blood uh, speaks and covers the mercy seat. So today, when it's applied in our life, we are now set apart unto power. We're set apart unto his purpose. We're set apart and crimson, the crimson the, the fault of sin is now we are white as snow. We're brand new. Why? Because of the work of the blood of Christ. This progressive sanctification where we're experiencing it is beautiful, but ultimately we are sanctified and set apart unto God already. So be ye holy as I am holy is really saying in our day-to-day -day life, Yield and consecrate and surrender yourself to God, and you will experience the power of holiness. Not happiness, but holiness. So that's a, that's a very interesting point that, that, that I hope we could understand today. Um, and I'd like to think about Enoch for a minute. Think about Enoch. He walked with God in Genesis 5.24 and was not Think about that. He walked with God, and then he was gone. We could say that about all of us, couldn't we? When we walk with God, we are set apart or learning him. I love what Pastor said last night. We are learning him. We're learning him in repentance. We're learning him in faith. We're learning him in receiving grace. We're learning him in love. We're learning him in forgiveness. We're learning him in forbearance gentleness, kindness, and the nine aspects of Galatians 5.22. Just, just think about that. That's, uh, that is what's really beautiful about holiness because many are called, but few are chosen. What, what does that mean? God in Matthew 22.14 says, this is a life for everybody, but few find it. 
few are set apart or consecrated or allow God to make them sacred in their experience. Now, I was talking with a brother that battles with addictions. You know why addiction has so much power over people? It's because we're not set apart. It's the bottom line. That's it. Why is it that we struggle in so many ways with our, with our self-life or our thinking or with self-orientation? It's because we've not allowed God to uh, set us apart unto himself. Because this is a very liberating thing, isn't it? Living for the audience of one. It's very liberating. It's very, isn't that amazing? We don't have to prove ourselves or uh, validate ourselves or... Um, promote ourselves, but isn't that good? God says, just focus on me. Just yield to me. Look to me and let me be the one that you glorify. Let me be the one that makes you a distinct one. So let me give you a couple of verses here, very encouraging. Um, So think about this. Deuteronomy 14.2, God sets apart holy people that belong to him. God says, holy people belong to me. Now, I want to really make that clear. It's not being perfect. It's not doing everything right. It's not being super Christian. It's this. I no longer live. It's Christ that lives within me. And when we fail, we immediately just agree with God in Psalm 212. And then what happens? We uh, enter into a set-apart or sanctified life. Isn't that that incredible? So we're no longer battling the flesh. Now we're focusing on being set apart, just like those dimes. Those dimes had a destination, and that was a decided destination. It's the same thing with you and I. Because what happens with our time, our free time, maybe our schedules, um, we don't consecrate those things. And what happens is... Uh, you know, the devil comes in and, and changes the destination. And it's no longer consecration, but now it's contamination. Right? Now it's contamination. Now it is compromise. Now it is no longer holy ground, but it's now my ground. And, and if, you, if you read Joshua chapter 5, the last few verses, when the captain of the host, there's like, I hear talking, I hear talking. Okay. Uh, Joshua chapter 5, the last few verses, it says that the angel of the Lord literally stood before uh, Joshua. And, and guess what happened? There was a flaming sword. And what did he say? What did Joshua say to that angel? Yeah. He says, are you a friend or foe? What side are you on? He says, I'm on no one's side. I'm the Lord. Right? And then he said, take off your shoes for the place where you stand is holy. Was the ground holy because of anything other than the ground was holy because of the presence of God? So what a great way to relate to yourself in 1 Corinthians 6.19 that you are holy. You are holy. These are holy hands, holy feet, holy eyes, holy ears, holy words, holy, wholeness, which means spiritual health, It's amazing when you speak to somebody in a spiritually healthy way, which means you're speaking to the potential of that person. 
rather than to their condition. You're speaking to their position. Isn't that good? It, it's a huge thing when we're speaking to someone's position. What, what does that mean? It means I'm looking at that person in Christ. I'm relating to that person in Christ. I am confessing who they are, not in their experience, but in who Christ has made them to be. And this is the 101% principle that we've all learned. It's finding the 1% or the small percentage that's healthy and of devoting 100% of our attention to it and, and causing it to grow. Right? That's how holiness can ignite um, a, a person's life. So, you know, the world has hijacked this word holiness and, and somehow have tacked on some works program that somehow in doing more, we are accepted more. But, but actually, that is, very, that, is a, that, is a, that is a contradiction because God cannot love us more than he already has, good or bad. If I'm in hell or if I'm in heaven in my experience, God says my love is not based on your response. Isn't that good? So that doesn't mean I live like the devil, but it motivates us to want to glorify God. Why? So we can experience holiness. So we can experience holiness. With you today, I want to experience the power of God in my daily life. How about you? Anybody? Do I hear an amen on that? Yeah, I want to experience God in my personal life. And how does that happen? Lord, I'm set apart to you today. Uh, it's not just task orientation, but now it's spiritual, uh, you know, a, a spiritual expectation. I, I love this. Turn over with me to Psalm 4. This is a great verse here. Holiness, holiness. That doesn't mean the accumulation of knowledge either. It's a hard issue. It's a hard issue. It's, it's really like God... Am I worshiping, worshiping you while I'm waiting, but also am I worshiping you with my knowledge? Because when we worship God, we enter into the power of what we're learning. Amen? So, uh, so think about this. I'll give you a couple as you're turning to Psalm 4. We are called to be set apart, 1 Thessalonians 4, 7. We're called to be holy. So someone might say, I want to do a great work for God, or what is the will of God for my life, or what is it that would, you know, you know I think of our graduates. What's the best thing we can be focused on? Being set apart unto God. You might say, well, I, I don't know about that. You know, what, what's so grand about that? Well, that is our purpose, to know him and to make him known. From that relationship, the call of God is born, Right? Because if I'm looking for an event, then I will miss God oftentimes. It's very, very easy. Or someone might compare themselves and say, I'm not as great as that person over there because I have not done all the things they've done. That is irrelevant, right? Because you are holy, chosen, peculiar. You're God's possession. You're God's jewel in Malachi 3.17. That's amazing. What a great way to relate to ourselves uh, as holy people. You might, see, you might see blood on your hands. You might see dirt on your hands. God says, uh, be consecrated, yield to me, uh, be set apart. Let me take those ashes into a clean place, and I will cause you to experience holiness. Second uh, Corinthians six seventeen. come out from among the people. It's a decision, isn't it? Come out. Like, leave that place of contamination. Let's say there's a besetting sin in our life, 12.1 of Hebrews. What do we do? Do we try to do better? Do we fight the sin? Do we, uh, 
weep and gnash teeth? No. We, are, we just set ourselves apart unto God. And we say, okay, God, here I am, uh, broken and uh, f- flawed. God says, I'm setting you apart uh, from my glory. It's beautiful. Isn't that good? It's just so, it's so releasing. And then what happens? We no longer uh, have an appetite for the addiction. We no longer have uh, self-loathing. We no longer have a critical uh, or judgmental spirit about ourselves or other people. All right, Psalm chapter 4. Are you there? Great, Psalm chapter 4. I love this. (laughs) It says this. If I can find the right page here. But know that the Lord hath set apart himself, the godly, for himself. The Lord will hear when I call upon him. Stand in awe and sin not. I don't know about you. I don't know the power of what I'm even saying today, but I know it's exceptionally important. The Lord has set aside the godly for himself. Psalm chapter 15, Mark, the holy man, the holy person. Again, subtract performance from what I'm saying. Do not let your mind wander into, I got to pray more, I got to read more, I got to do more. That may happen, but my motivation has got to be based in, God, I want to know you. Because we are approved, therefore we do. We are not doing to be approved. Right? Amen? That's a big one. That's a huge one. Because we can slip into this works program, and God is saying, be holy. Learn holiness, wholeness, health, being set apart by simply... uh, coming to me like we heard last night, learning of me. I'm not a patient person. Big deal. Draw near. Be set apart to his patience. And guess what? His patience will dominate our impatience. I'm not a, um, we could say, I'm not a, um, what's another word we could use? I'm not a, uh, maybe I'm not, I'm I'm a person that suffers with fear or anxiety. Why is that? Because I'm set apart unto something else that has hijacked the rest and peace and grace that is, is uh, in Ephesians 1.3 that is totally available to us every minute of the day. That's when I know I'm not set apart unto God in my experience. When I start getting anxious or angry, I just say, God, I've wandered. Help your servant. And God, what does he do? God aligns us in truth. It's amazing. He sets apart the godly for himself. Uh, or another translation says he sets apart the faithful for himself. So, so just to encourage us today, uh, holy ground, uh, Exodus 3, what did Moses do? He saw the burning bush and he was moved to check it out. I, I, think, I think just as Joshua, when he was told to take off his shoes, you know, the shoes represent a lot of things, right? They're dirty. They represent our way. They represent natural thinking. They, they represent natural ability. God says, you cannot stand before me in your natural disposition. And that's why it's a great confrontation. That's why there's a big sword. Someone must die, right? And it, it's really the cross life, isn't it? So, we take off our shoes in his presence and we put on our shoes of the gospel when we go out into the world, right? 
So we take off our shoes representing our heart in full surrender. We say, God, I'm set apart from you. Just like Enoch, he walked with God and then he was gone. Tom Donnelly walked with God and then he was gone, right? Leah Ellis, right? It's amazing. April, right? All of us walking with us. So I'm encouraged with you today that the blood applied in our life shows us through progressive sanctification, through detours, through mistakes, through problems. God is saying, as I increase in your life, you will decrease. And being allowed for God to set us apart gives us the authority to walk and experience everything that he has prepared for us. Well, I don't know. I said a lot of things today, but set apart. Think about that. Who, who else is set apart? Uh, the disciples were set apart, weren't they? We see that Mary Magdalene was set apart, right? Think about, think about Peter, set apart, right? Uh, Paul, set apart for the gospel's sake set apart. And it literally means that, okay, I'm not going to go this way anymore. I'm going to, just like those dimes, I, I, I have a specific destination. I have a specific purpose. I have a specific reason. So with the convention coming along, right, a couple short weeks, isn't that great? It's amazing. We have, we are, there's going to be a holy visitation, right? A holy visitation. We're going to discover the presence of God in a brand new way. And we're going to walk in the authority that God has. We're going to be in a place of distinction. Don't fight the fight of sin. You know, we're not called to fight sin. The only battle we're called to fight is what? Faith. Fight that you're looking at me like I'm... Uh, with three heads here. This is the problem, actually, that, that this is where we always lose. We fight the wrong thing. Right? <laughs> we can't fight sin. We can't fight the devil. We can't fight the supernatural. So what do we do? We surrender to God. We yield to God in Ephesians 5.18. We walk in the Spirit, and guess what happens? We do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We walk in the Spirit, 1 Peter 5. We submit to God, and He does the resisting. Isn't that incredible? Don't fight the wrong enemy. Don't I'm saying that to myself. It's like, be holy. Be set apart unto God. Like, okay, Lord, these are holy hands. Well, last night, X, Y, Z. Uh, three weeks ago, X, Y, Z. Whatever reason to hijack or defeat that, God is saying, surrender those hands, surrender those eyes, surrender those ears. And guess what? There's, it's holy. It's holy in the moment. It's holy right now. There's no probation. There's no probation. If I pray, if I pray harder, and I'm not minimizing those things. Prayer is exceptionally important. Reading is exceptionally important. But I, I, I talk to Christians, and I'm sure you do too. Why don't I experience God in the moment? This is why. This is why. This is why. Because God is saying there's too much of me in the way. Isn't that good? It's like God, sl <laughs> like Tozier, slay me. Right? The cross 
The old rugged cross slays the individual. The new cross, the shiny cross, it, oh, there's good in all of us. We're in, all, we're in this all together, so do your part. Sorry. Just like, so, so done with that. Aren't, aren't we done with that? But you know what? It's, it's, Lord, slay me so it's no longer I that live, but Christ liveth in me. And then guess what? You cannot offend a dead man. You cannot offend. Why? Because they're set apart to God only. They're not set apart to results. They're not set apart for anything except God himself. God, teach us this. I don't know about you. I'm stirred up about it because when we take off our shoes, guess what? Joshua 1.3 happens. Wherever you touch comes under the authority of God. Imagine, the, imagine if this church wasn't in Baltimore, right? Or any church. Imagine when the rapture happens, guess what? The, of course the world will go into chaos. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the great restrainer. Why? Because he's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's incredible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that it does not depend on us. We can worship him with pure motives, we, with a pure heart, with love unfeigned, and we can engage him, engage him, engage him. Don't, don't fight the wrong enemy. Fight the good fight of faith. What does that even mean? It means, okay, Lord, it's your faith. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to, I'm going to fellowship with it. I'm going to enjoy it. And guess what? The devil's not going to stick around. He's not going to stick around a holy roller, right? <laughs> he's going to be he's going to be like, "Wow, this person, they've got incredible circumstances, but they're consecrated. They are surrendered." And it it's a moment by moment thing. Amen. Amen. I hope this was edifying for you just to think that that we're learning this. We're learning this day by day like God, not I, but you. Think about Gethsemane. That was, a, that was holy ground. Gethsemane was holy ground. The cross, holy ground. Psalm 101, your house, it's holy. My house is a house of prayer. The church, holy. Your conversation, it's either consecrated or contaminated, right? It's amazing. So, Lord, bless us today with these thoughts. We want to invite you in that your presence would be powerful, personal. God, help us to guard what is sacred. Lord, help us to keep yielding. Lord, help us to uh, be set apart, living for the audience of one. Lord, help us. We give you the praise today. We worship you and encourage us with these thoughts. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.